Hi, trendsetters. Welcome to another episode of That Trendy Therapist. Happy Father's Day to everyone that's celebrating. I hope that you guys are having an amazing day and celebrating all the many amazing, wonderful fathers out there. And, you know, also just to say, too, that we're thinking of the people that do not have their fathers today for whatever reason. Um, It can be a great day for a lot of people, but then there are people that it's a day of mourning and a day of grief and loss. And so we just want to acknowledge all of that and celebrating all the dads to come and that will be and all of that. So that said, with today's theme of it being Father's Day, I thought what would be a great idea was to have my own dad on the podcast. And let me preface this episode with a few things. So for those who don't know too much about my dad, my dad is, you know, we have a lot of similarities. And then there's, you know, of course, like any other father-daughter duo, there's differences as well. And the differences that I'm talking about, not about not getting along, we have an amazing relationship, which I'm really happy about, but that he's a lot more soft-spoken than me. He's a little bit more shy. He's not the type of person that would start a podcast and do a lot of the things that I'm doing in public. And so just, you'll see that going into it, that he's, you know, he's more reserved. And so the fact that he was willing and happy to do this podcast with me was, was amazing. I've been so excited to have him on at some point because he's obviously so super interesting has so many different insights and just stories about his upbringing that are so um important and interesting to reveal and so you know i thought today would be the perfect time for him to debut and there were so many you know this is i'm recording this after the fact this episode was so amazing Um, There were so many different parts of it that I know could be other episodes within themselves. So this is just the first one of many. And of course, I'll have my mom on at some point as well, which is a whole other thing. You know, I'm just very lucky to have the parents that I do. um, And also my brother as well. Hopefully he'll come on. And so anyway, let's get back to my dad. We're going to dive into this episode. But, um, you know, I just want to say that... I am very, very grateful that I have the dad that I do. And I think that, you know, you get an insight into somebody a lot of times based off of their upbringing and based off of parenting styles and all of that. And I think you'll see from this conversation a lot of the way that my dad has raised me has helped shape me into the woman that I am today, along with my mother, of course. Um, So I think not only will you learn about my dad, but I think you'll also get some insight into myself and my upbringing as well. So without further ado, let's dive into the conversation with my dad and happy Father's Day again. Well, I want you to talk a little bit about your upbringing because we're going to get into, you've had a really unique upbringing. You haven't lived in the States all your life. And because of the way that you grew up, the things that you've learned because of that, it really shapes kind of your worldview and and in, in essence, also then what's going on in our world today. Sure. Okay. Um, all right. So I uh, was born in the U.S., born in Boston, and um, pretty much moved out, you know, within six months. Li- was living in another country. Uh, we first went to uh, Portugal and Wales, and we went on and on. Uh, I graduated high school overseas, and after that, 
I came to the States. I was, was always planning on coming back to the States for college, uh, which is what I did. But I guess all my formative wonder years happened overseas. In different places. Like, what are some of the places? Uh, well, we lived in uh, Brazil and Australia and Germany, uh, a lot of European countries. Um, we did have uh, our, my parents, both of my parents had family back in the States. So during the summers, we'd come back and touch base and get a sense of what America is and what Americans are and all of that. But we did spend most of our time uh, making new friends. Uh, I should say we also move pretty free, frequently. So sometimes we stayed somewhere for, for a couple of years, two years, but sometimes it was six months. Or... Do you want to share why you guys moved so much? Sure. Um, well, my, my dad, uh, actually my dad met my mom where he worked. He was a, a civil engineer. So he worked um, for different companies. The client companies were around the world. So he would make, uh, build refineries and manufacturing plants and all kinds of things different companies even governments so every time a project was done he would get relocated and he brought brought the family with him so as I mentioned this, this sort of started when I was uh, basically a, an infant <laughs> uh, through to uh, you know when I thought I knew everything when I was uh, 17 and moved to um, back to so why did you move back to the States like why was that your plan well, <clears throat> I did want to, um, oh, so many stories. I, I, did, uh, I did spend a lot of my attention in the field of biology. Um, what were you going to be? Well, at the time when I graduated, I thought I was going to be the next Jacques Cousteau, uh, <laughs> the, the next um, oceanographer. I was fascinated by the ocean. I was a big swimmer, and I loved the science and the biology and all of that stuff. Um, so anyway, I, I, I applied to schools that uh, offered that as a, as a degree. So marine biology. Marine biology, right. So I ended up at Tufts, which was one of the schools that had a program in it. Um, but through reasons out of my control, I, I, the, the formative, uh, the, the basic classes for biology were basically all pre-med students. And uh, I know I thought I knew a lot about biology, but... Um, had to sort of compete with them for for grades and staying in the program. So I, I didn't do so so well or, or as well as I had done for the previous years. I'm going to interrupt him by saying I should have prefaced this whole thing by my dad is the most modest man in the world, so he's going to say everything. He wasn't that great or this or that, but just keep that in mind, people. Yeah. Continue, Dad. Okay. So anyway, I, I switched uh, fields <laughs> to something else that I... Um, absolutely always loved, and that was, was art. So um, I, I transferred to the, uh, the, the fine art department at Tufts, and um, well, long story short, I dis discovered in grad school industrial design, uh, product design, and um, I've been doing that ever since. So, uh, And I know this is a whole other question, but you know, for product design, can you give a little like basic what that means or industrial design? Sure. Um, some people use the, the analogy of uh, an architect is to a building as a, an industrial designer is to uh, a, a product, a thing 
if basically wherever you are, if you look around the room, your room is filled with things that uh, industrial designers have had a hand in, whether it's you know a refrigerator or, or a fork and knife or a telephone or TV. Everything was designed by someone. And if it's, if it's uh, three-dimensional, like objects, like a box of cereal, um, that's something that I, I could do. And, and of course, there's so many things that you can do as an industrial designer. I've, I've had lots of experience, but there's a lot more to... Branding, uh, right? Like logos, kind of. Well, no, no, that's not part of industrial design. I'm actually now with a firm that does a lot of other things. Right. Brand, branding, um, digital analytics, that kind of thing. So I, I'm continually learning, and I'm learning new things with them. But I am continuing on the same practice of uh, innovation, industrial design, uh, products and packaging... Uh, even service design now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that is a good segue into, you know, I call my dad the Renaissance man, which, you know, if you follow me on Instagram or any forms of social media, you know that. And that's because my dad really has a wide range of skills, whether that's cooking, dancing, art. Um, and he's very uncomfortable right now because he doesn't like me bragging for him, but it's true. And so, and music, I should say, if you look at his old yearbooks, there's all these people that are commenting, oh, he's going to be, you know, because some people thought you were going to be a musician at one point or, right? Like there were all these different things. So do you still feel, I mean, I know the answer to this, but do you still feel like you incorporate those things into your life? And, you know, how do you, because for me, I also have felt like that too, where I have a bunch of different skills. And while that can be a great thing, it's also really overwhelming, you know, when you're a creative person and there's so many different routes you could take. So how has that kind of shaped you and how do you deal with that? It's funny, as you were, as you were mentioning that, I I remember a phase where uh, I was trying to figure out what I did want to do. And maybe it was the time when I was transitioning from biology and and, and all that to, uh, to the art world. Um, I, I felt like I had to make a choice and in doing so I would have been dropping everything else that I loved doing. So it was, it was a little bit of uh, paralysis in, in making a decision. So yeah, I, to your point, I, 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 I never, I, I think I'm, I'm sort of like that jack of all trades kind of guy, but master of none. I, I'm, I like to, you know, I like to sing and play guitar and I like, I love to paint and I, I love to fix things and, you know, all, all these things that I've, I've dabbled in. Um, I'm not the greatest at any of them, really, but I, I like doing... We always used to try to get my things. dad on Survivor. If you guys have watched, that was like a family show we used to watch every Thursday. And we would always tell my dad he would have won Survivor because he's also the nicest guy. So people would want to do alliances with you. You'd catch the fish, you'd build the hut. <laughs> it's kind of like that. You have to be a bit cutthroat too, there though. I, you I, do. I, you would, do. I would love like a pure survivalist kind of thing where I just have to, you know, fend for myself and build shelter. But and... we always have joked about that in our family that my dad, like, if there was a blackout or something growing up, that he'd be excited for it because he'd be like, "All right, we get to like live off, the, you know, nothing." And you know, and it, maybe we should get into that too because I think that's something that it's definitely helped shape me a lot, especially somebody that has grown up in a certain, you know, social environment, but having my dad as someone that's like, I can live off, you know, one shirt, one, you know, not interested in materialistic things. And I feel like that's something that has really helped shape who I am, how I was brought up and just like being more grounded in what's really important. 
And so has that been something you feel like that's just who you are? Is that a product of how you've been brought up? Uh, well, I think back to where we started uh, in having the opportunity to, to travel and uh, see different people of all different um, socioeconomic uh, levels, uh, races, religions. Um, it's very, um, I think in my formative years, it, it was learning about what we all have in common uh, versus what, what our differences are. So I, I could always see goodness in uh, you know, someone who has next to nothing and one, and one shirt, like you said, um, mm. and they, they could be just as uh, important or valuable as a person that has you know, a huge wardrobe and a fancy car. And so I guess, I don't know if I'm answering your yeah, question. Yeah, you are. How, I mean, and I feel like that's a pillar that you raise like me and Dylan on too. Like that's something that you made sure that we always had that understanding of a human being is a human being, no matter where they're from, what they look like, anything like that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've got a lot of issues with um, uh, people that, uh, you know, always think they're right or, or, you know, that they're the 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 top race or I'm the right religion or I'm, um, you know, the right gender. Uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to kind of, I, I don't think it's that important, all of those things. I, I think the important things are the things that we have in common that, um, you know, we need, we need food and we need shelter and uh, we, we take care of our children and, you know, we take care of each other. Th- those are things that are common to everyone. Yeah. So, so why, why not focus on what we have uh, in common versus, you know, I've got a, I've got a Beamer and you've got a pickup truck or, uh, you know, I'm Christian or you're, you're Muslim or you're black or I'm white. Do you think, though, that people can start to, you know, you obviously grew up that way, so you've had that worldview, but do you think someone that already is so far into, like, labeling people and feeling like they're better than people, can they change? Like, is there any hope for them? Is there hope for those people? Yeah, I, I actually, you know, I was just thinking recently, uh, I'm, from whatever point of view you are, I'm, I'm definitely a, an an evolution guy, you know, that, that, that we're mammals. What do you mean evolution guy? Evolution. You know, you, you, uh, we, we grow and we evolve, um, you know, physically, you know, we were... Are you saying uh, you're uh, like a science guy? Yeah, yeah, but, but that's not, that's not what, where I'm going with Going with that, yeah. Yeah, it, it's more like, um, yeah, I think a lot of folks have things, um, you know, out of whack now, but I think the human race is evolving, and eventually we're, we will begin to see the, the similarities, the things we have in common. Um, you're seeing that now with the, uh, you know, um, the a, the, well, the the atheist community or the the, the, the non uh, the nons the the, the non religious folks. Uh, they're seeing that less and less important, uh, a less important driver to their life moving forward. So I think. With some exceptions, we're, we're beginning to see through some of that, and we're beginning to care collectively about the environment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if we're, we're from this nation or that nation, we should all care about the environment, and we should all care about health and our kids and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think, I think over time, and, and again, just like evolution, it takes many, many years and decades or centuries, um, 
before we get there, but I think we're, we will eventually head in that right direction. And that was another thing, growing up, I mean, I did, we did a lot of traveling as a family, so we had the luxury um, of being able to see all these different people from different cultures and different food and speaking different languages. Um, so I think now that we have access to the internet and that, that it's easy enough to hop on a plane, you know, not everyone can afford a trip to, you know, have a vacation somewhere. Um, but the more our world expands or becomes accessible to us, the more I think everyone will begin to see some of the things I did as a kid, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. So similarities over differences, and that's something that you know I think you've really tried to, or that just comes easily to you, I think, is that you just automatically see similarities over differences, and I feel like there's more that, you know, you could say to that and, and how that shapes your perception. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, and I've said quite a bit. I, I tend to empathize with people because I, I, I don't value um, some of the things that, the, the artificial things that we put up. Like, <laughs> I, I was born on this continent and you were born on that continent, therefore we're different. Well, but yeah. we're really the same. So... Um, well, I think we let should... me ask you something about that because we grew up in Tenafly, New Jersey. Right. Tenafly is a very small, affluent little bubble, and you had your own feelings about that. And so, what was that a either like for you, or how were you able to kind of like stick with your core values even when you're surrounded by people that maybe just didn't align with that? Yeah, again, it goes back to your formative years. So that's, that was my experience. And, and I, I do feel, as much as we got out of our experience in Tenafly, I think I would have preferred, if, if we had a do-over, I would have liked to have traveled with you all as well. And well we so did that, travel a lot. Yeah, but we would go on vacations, you know, a week or two here, a week or two there. You would have wanted to live abroad? Yeah, I think that would have been good for you guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a, it's a whole life. And you will get to see many things and you'll, you'll go to many places and you'll learn different languages and, and meet people of all different cultures. Well, and so, you always try to like, whether it's different foods, cuisine, like you always try to introduce us to yeah. different parts of the world, different, or you want us to watch something that's about, you know, a different culture. Um, I think that's just really important to you in general. It is. It is, yeah. Which is I, great. I think you, we should all see the value in everyone. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's also it's a completely different topic. Uh, another thing I was thinking about is um, I'm saying that, you know, that there should be a lot of equality um, and value in everybody in the human race. But that's that's also implying that the human race is the top most important um, thing. And again, maybe from my biology heavy background, we humans are just mammals. I mean, we're just another one of several other mammals like uh, giraffes and camels and, you know. Monkeys. Yeah. So um, they're also important, you know, in, in our environment. And, and we, should, we should take care of the environment for more than just humans. Uh, it should also be for, you know, the plants and animals that are also living things. Um, so I don't know if I'm getting too... Yeah. No, that yeah. makes sense. I mean... Yeah, and I think that, you know, going back to, to, like, your parenting style as well and how you were brought up, that family has become a huge 
important factor for you because growing up, like you said, you had to change schools. Maybe you were there, what, sometimes you were there for like not even a full school year. Right. Right. And you would have to, so you would kind of make your friends, but not maybe get too invested because you knew you were going to up and leave soon because that's just the nature of your dad's job and all of that. So, um, you know, that's been something that I feel like you've really instilled in us as well is the importance of the family unit. So can you speak at all to like the importance of that or like what you would hope people could take away regarding that? Sure. Well, you actually, you brought up a lot of topics there with that little, little, oh, my little spiel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I did, um, you know, maybe it's a positive or a negative, but because we move so frequently, I didn't put down roots. Uh, it, we you know, couldn't really. Over time. Yeah, you learn that, you know, I'm going to be moving along, so maybe I won't make as deep uh, friendships with folks or don't get too attached to the house that I'm living in currently because, you know, it'll change again. So, so there's that. Um, I, I know when um, I met your mom, mm-hmm. um, she, she grew up in the same hometown. and Right, very and different upbringing. Completely opposite, yeah. So she knew everyone and all their history of every person in the town. And, <laughs> and, you know, it was that continuity, which, uh, you know, at the time, and, and sometimes I still do feel I missed out on that. Um, mm. I was a bit envious, but I also now see those benefits in, in also focusing on um, you know, the, the right things, the bigger picture kind of thing. And, well, what and, are those things to you? Well, I think the, the I guess, equality, the fairness of everyone. It, this was a, another thing I was thinking about. You know, I don't know if you've perceived this, but um, I've always tried to teach you guys to do the right things, or, you know, to be fair. Yeah. You know, I've coached, coached sports teams and, and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, you probably... Uh, there probably were times when you just wanted me to defend your point of view over yes. someone else's, and I always Mr. Diplomatic. Yeah, I always try to to be fair and try and see if to get you to understand where they're coming from as well. Mm-hmm. And as much as you wanted to be right and me to defend you, um, absolutely, I I did want to be fair and try and share with you. Oh, this is their experience. This is what they're thinking. So maybe that's why they're having this opinion or decision on something hence um, why you're a good mediator and now you're a mediator for the complex that you live in the uh, kind of yeah, he yeah. does this thing where he mediates the discussions or if people are having feuds but that's a little side note yeah, yeah but so it's true yeah so so I, again I, I i apologize as your dad that i didn't unilaterally Aww. side with you on on everything but i do did try yeah and, it was hard at times dad did try and teach you what uh you know to empathize with other other people because they have different points of view. Yeah. Right. Well, you definitely did do sometimes that. Sometimes they were right, and, and you, you guys were wrong. Well, I think it helped us to really see other people's perspectives and become more empathetic people because of the way that you, you know, didn't just jump to our defense. And I think that that is part of the problem, too, with a lot of the people that kind of grow up with like a big head, for example, is that they weren't raised that way and they were raised to think they were always right or they were raised to get a trophy even if they didn't win, you know, like that whole concept of like... Yeah, well, that's yeah, certainly within a family, you know, um, some people are, you know, I don't care what you do, you're my, you're my son, you're my daughter, um, everything you do is right and, and that's not always the case and you don't learn anything from that. And in fact, you learn bad habits. It, yeah. It goes into the, you know, beyond parenting... Uh, even like, you know, uh, your nationality or your, you know, your, your religion, 
people tend to think that they're always right uh, and everyone in their little group is always right and everyone else is wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's a really bad way to go through life, I think, you know. Yeah. Very sheltered and you don't learn anything and... Uh, so is it just like then about like educating yourself if they're yeah, those people? Yeah. Um, you know, learn about whatever you want to learn about, but you should also learn about other things and other points of view and... Um, even if it's not the one you yeah. have. Yeah, and if you end up staying where you where you are, absolutely fine. But at least it's a, a it's a learned decision. It's not. Uh, it's informed, right? Yeah, it's not. You do, I'm just doing what my parents told me to for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. Well, so with that, I think a lot of your perspectives in general obviously shape how you see what's going on today. Whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's the pandemic, all of that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that and like how your own experiences and beliefs have shaped how you see the world and what's been going on the last few months and all of that, which yeah. is a big question, but I think we can sure. get it. Well, yeah. I mean, it is it's obviously very uh, hard times now. Yeah. Um, it does, you, you asked sort of how did, uh, how does it, how can I relate to it from my experiences? Um, so, I mean, I've seen a lot of that, uh, We've lived places where, well, for example, we lived in Brazil, and you know there were there were people living in favelas with very little. It's a favela. It's basically the the slums oh. of Brazil, Brazilian cities, and um, you know they 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 were doing the best that they could under their circumstances, um, and then there was the whole you know other side that were you know driving around in Mercedes and and um, you know completely different world, and they were worlds apart. Uh, and, and no contact or, or understanding or empathy between them. So anyway, that's a, that's a bit of an extreme. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a different case here in the States. Um, again, with my, with my point of view that everyone has value, equal value, uh, it's really hard to see what's been going on. And, and the hardest part is that it's been going on for so long well, when you say it's, what are you specifically well, talking yeah, about? Racism. Okay, racism. Jump yeah. right into racism. Um, it's things that we've, you know, uh, uh, quote unquote, air quotes, uh, you know, officially um, deemed wrong. Uh, but somehow there's a, a, a big chunk of our society that still wants to keep things the way they were, where, you know, a, one race of people is... is um, less important or less valuable than another, which is completely wrong. Um, and I, I think I think part of that is just passing along generation to generation from your parents, you know, what, what their values were and what they thought about it. But it's also probably, you know, many of the folks that are, um, in this case, sort of from the white, the white privileged society, that they would like to perpetuate that because they're, you know, they're on top, they've, they're the haves, and the other folks are the have-nots. Um, so they have all of these um, privileges and benefits, and why should they care if someone else doesn't? So, you know, it's, it's completely wrong, and um, hopefully some of the awareness that's being built, and, and, and it's gonna be hard because it's, there's been many, many times when there's been an opportunity to enlighten people and change their minds. Uh, they've still gone back to the same old um, structure in their minds that um, you know I, I'm better than you, or I'm more important than you, or all these preconceived notions about what what an, another race might be. 
So again, hopefully this, is a, this has been a, a big um, punch in the gut for our country and we can start thinking about um, things a bit different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as, well hard as, as hard as it's been, uh, it, it is an opportunity and maybe a, a, a good, big opportunity to change things. Have you, like, I'm just asking you this, like, off the cuff, so I don't know if you have any examples of this, but, like, from growing up in different cultures, different walks of life, like, have you experienced or, like, had any racism experience firsthand? Or not firsthand, but just seen any? Um... Sure, sure. I, I mean, on 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 both sides. I mean, I, I guess I've um, I've been in countries and had groups of, of friends and and colleagues and you know um, people that are different than me. So you know, mm-hmm. I, when I was pretty young, maybe ten, eleven, twelve, in in England, uh, it was a rough time in England. And uh, why? Well, you know, the the economy and. There, there were race issues there too, but the fact that you know an American, who was you know I was considered the you know the Yankee bastard you know I, I was, how, why, what what are you doing here what you know why because uh, well I shouldn't say everyone, um, you know there, I I had my friends who were curious about you know somebody coming from another country and and those were those were great friends, um, other folks just you know they they took. They took what their parents said. You know, some of them had been through the first and second world war. Their their parents and grandparents, and so you know that the fact that uh, maybe we we entered the the war late in many of their perspectives, we too late, uh, and and many of their countrymen died uh, waiting for us to step in. It was it was uh, you know, and they also there was a perception maybe through Hollywood or whatever, legends or gossip <laughs> that, you know, Americans ha- have, have it all and, you know, everyone's beautiful and, and, and wealthy, and, which isn't true. Uh, <laughs> but, but there's probably a bit of um, jealousy, maybe, in what mm-hmm. they perceive that an American is like. And, you know, they didn't know me at the beginning. So, you know, there were, there were fights and, you know. There were fights? Yeah, yeah. Um, like you know, what? F- physical fights. Or just, With you? Yeah, people, you know, wanting Dad. to... You know, you, I didn't you know this. No. What, did you block yeah, I, it out? I was, uh, well, we're getting specific here, but I, this was in, um, in, in Man- Manchester, England, where we spent uh, a couple of years, and I had assimilated, I, I thought, into, into the uh, culture, and I, you know, dressed the same way everyone did, and I actually even acquired a Mancunian accent, a Manchester what accent. What the heck? Kind of, kind of like the, uh, like a Liverpudlian Kind of like the Beatles sound. That's what really? I used to, used to talk for a couple of years. Well, um, we love the Beatles, right, Dad? That's true. That's true. Uh, but I, I was in an all-English all um, boys' school. Actually, lots of stories to tell. Uh, but I ended up in yeah, this, so in this school that, you know, after an exam, sort of the, 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 the haves versus the have-nots went to my school, which is, you know, a lot of guilt-provoking. But... Um, I joined the rugby team. I was, you know, an athlete, so I joined the rugby team. And and amongst the even amongst your teammates, there were people that thought I was the Yankee bastard. And you know, did uh, they say that? Like, how did oh, you yeah, know they thought that? For sure, they would. They would say it. Just oh, you know, teasing gosh. that kind of thing. Well, what it, was it hurtful, or did you just? Sure, sure. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I 
did my best to defuse situations, but some some of them ended up just you know they they just wanted to have a fight, so so I would, I would have a fight. Um, so you would you would be involved in the fight? Yeah, sometimes it was just one person and me. So did I, you I, get I did. beaten up, or did you beat them up? No, actually, the ones I remember, I I, I did. Uh, I, I did well. I did. I, I survived. <laughs> that's as good as he'll not be modest. Like that's his one little. No, I didn't get the crap beat out of me. But that, I mean, that's nothing to Obviously. be proud of. But anyway, I, I I sort of forgot the thread that we were. Well, on. so it's like you've you've experienced kind of being obviously different in terms of racism, right, right. but also well, the, the the religion thing. Um, in different places that we've lived. Um, my my parents. Um, I should say my, my dad's parents were Jewish. My, my mom uh, converted to Judaism um, when they got married. And so they had uh, this obligation to raise their kids Jewish. So, um, and I was pretty much kicking and screaming the whole way through it. I, I didn't like it, I didn't believe in any of it, but we sort of agreed, um, I don't know if officially or not, but we agreed I'd, I'd go through uh, the bar mitzvah process, and then I could make my, my mind up what I wanted to do. So there was the whole, you know, Jewish thing as well, where, um, you know, I, I really wasn't Jewish. I didn't feel Jewish, didn't believe Jewish things. Um, but people perceived me as, you know, um, I'm a Jewish kid. So that was, that was kind of hard. Mm-hmm. But why do you, because you've, this is one thing that I think is really important, because you've talked about this a lot to me, is like, why do you think people buy into the, it and like some people need religion to kind of feel like they're belonging to something like can you speak to that sure. and why well, you think people no, there's need a lot, it? lot of that but I, I think the uh the main thing is your your parents teach you you know the rules that they were taught as kids and so it's just self-perpetuating um you know if when you popped out <laughs> if we happen to be uh muslim or you know some some other or mormon um and taught you those things. That's what you would believe. I know. So, but, um, yeah. so I'm saying, why follow the? Why are you assuming the thing that we taught you is the right is the only right way? Thing? Right. Yeah. So you know, it, it goes into much more um, things that affect people more. For for example, um, if you're deeply embedded in one particular re- religion, uh, you assume that everything that religion does, or a lot of it, is is right. And if you give to a charity, it should be a charity within that religion. Even if other people in the world need the charity more than, than your group does, you tend to give it to your own. So I think that's... It's an interesting way to put it. It's that's, true. That's not right. I mean, you should care about the, what the, the world, world needs. And, and the people and, and everyone, not just the people that you, you know, wear the same clothing to or you go to pray at a certain time together. Do you think this also relates to politics? Not to, like, get too deeply into that, but, like, do you think that oh, that... Absolutely. I think, it's, I think it's crazy that we are so polarized now between... Uh, speaking in the, about the U.S., but we're polarized between these two factions. Um, and probably, like religion, we're, we're following what our parents told us. You know, our, our family has always been Republican. Or we're, <laughs> right. We've always been Democrats, so you have to f- do that. I, I think it, it would be great, uh, and this is a pipe dream, but if, if we could get rid of those labels, um, I think what people care about in, in the government or in their leaders is that they um, align with 
specific things that are important to them, you know, whether it's um, 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 right, right to life, uh, uh, race, race, dealing with races, um, charity, you know, um, science, you know, it would be great if the candidates um, didn't designate themselves as Republican or Democrat, mm -hmm. but they just let people know how they felt on these, you know, the 20, whatever they are, the 10, 10 or 20 top issues. Mm -hmm. And you should vote on what you think you know, matches best to you, whether they're Democratic or Republican. So I think a bit more of an objective approach rather than just a, a gut feel like I've got to, I've got to um, those were horrible examples, by the way, of, of the no, issues. It could be, you know, uh, well, like abortion. owning a gun, abortion. Yeah, yeah like the, those kinds of things. Yeah, so I think... And but I agree. Don't... It's like forgetting the label of like Republican. Dem it's just, you know, what are you about? What's your values? And your value system is another thing that you've definitely yeah. taught me and Dylan into what I was going to say about takeaways from this time, because during the pandemic, we've learned a lot, I hope. Yeah. And so what are some of those things that you hope come out of that time that you would hope people maybe have learned from this? Well, yeah, unfortunately, it's exposed us to uh, a few things that will come to mind. Um, the, um, the value of science, you know, people are, uh, a lot of folks are just ignoring the science. And, and um, By the way, this is my first time I've heard my dad say folks this much. It's your new word in this well, podcast. Yeah, I could say people. <laughs> I, no, I like it. It's very proper. Okay, folks. Yeah, uh, it's... <laughs> I don't know if it's proper, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess not. Um, I, I think it's kind, of, it's kind of... It's sort of going back to building your house right. I, I think science makes a lot of sense, and it's a, it's a growing thing, and we're learning more about everything as we go along. And, and there's some science uh, evolving, of course. I think we're learning more about the coronavirus and, and the, the, the things that are um, affecting all of us. Uh, but some people are just, you know, they're either tired of it or they don't believe it or they, they, they don't know the science, they're not listening. Um, so, so there's that. I mean, I think that's, that's also important. But also the, sort of the, the racial component to it, that, that it is affecting um, certain minorities more than, than uh, mm -hmm. the, the masses. And that's also exposing a whole bunch of things that are wrong, is wrong with uh, our, our country in terms of race, you know, there are people that uh, don't have access to good food, to healthcare, to um, respect from from policing. Uh, all these disadvantages are make the, making them, um, uh, I guess, hit harder by this pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, more mm -hmm. of them are, are um, catching and dying from the pandemic. So, um, those are a couple of, couple of thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. I think like, also we talked about like being, you know, gratitude. Like last night we finally got to go out to dinner for the first time in like months and months and just sure. like for the little things, like, yeah. you know, and that's something you've always taught me too, is really just like, you know, being happy about those little things. It ties into you feeling like there's superfluous things are not, you know, yeah, really essential. 
it's interesting. I'm, we didn't get into this. Uh, well, Dad, we're going to have to do a series on you. You're too interesting. But the whole real, real world experience. I mean, this this is the real world that we're living in, and and so many folks have been, uh, you know, staring at their screens th- th- through this pandemic, um, forgetting about the the real world and what really counts, and, and you know, everyone's health and happiness, uh, and and the little the little wins that we have, like yeah, going out to dinner last night and. Of course, you know, we, we wore masks to get there and we mm-hmm. sat six feet yes, away Yes, we did everyone. very safely. We did it very safely. But you, you need to appreciate what what, uh, what you do have and uh, not always be as aspiring to the, the next thing you can acquire uh, or the, the fancy vacation that you can take. Um, of course, you know, aspire to see the world, but um, appreciate what you've got. And, and I think this is, this is a, a sort of a side effect of going through the pandemic is um, you need to re- relearn and reappreciate what we, what we do have. I want to say happy Father's Day to everyone that's celebrating. And obviously we also are aware that there's people that do not have their dads around. Like me. Like my dad. I, I do miss my dad. And we are aware of that. And, you know, that it's not just always the happiest day for everybody. And sometimes it, it's really sad. And just to hold your loved ones close and to think about those that don't have or their dads are not around right now yeah and we just took a dip in uh <laughs> like really sad it is a happy day and well I think no it is a happy we, day. We, we should celebrate dads uh it's a happy day for sure but just being aware i think that there's all different you know yeah dynamics there's, there's and also like that. some relationships uh, right father-daughter relationships that aren't good and, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that our, we're not one our, of those ours is good yeah me too well dad thanks for doing this with me you know I love you more than anything and uh you're the coolest dad alive so sorry other dads <laughs> love you too um, all right thank, love thank you. you thanks guys for listening and I'll talk to you again soon bye